Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. It's uh, this is gonna be a rough ep- episode, Andreas. Um, <laughs> it's not because Zach isn't with us. That that's the one positive that we have. It's just me and you, Andreas. But uh, we have a very difficult match to recap and this also might be the last episode of the romans empire podcast we we're quitting (laughs) i am i i'm this is my last one you guys are stuck (laughs) you're stuck with zach um but no that we are we have thought of a new name we're in the process of getting a new logo we apologize to all of those who asked us to stay strong for roman but it's just not good press guys like we need to you know we 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 already have very low viewership as it is and we can't hurt that we can't we can't go down from here guys it's we have to go up but um we can't do anything about zach's rants but we can at least change the podcast right 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 (laughs) small steps in improving our show but andres how are you feeling this uh, after this hectic weekend? Man, I mean, first off, it was after an international break where we had the U.S. qualify to the World Cup again. Mm-hmm. We had the World Cup draw, which was ex- which was extremely boring, but it's just exciting to be discussing the World Cup and, and the placements and all that. And after the draw, it's like, okay, we're one day away from watching Chelsea play again. It feels like forever. I was excited. The fans were outside the stadium trying to do something. Not so much in it, but that's another point. I was just excited to come into this match, and then the match happened. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel good about that match, but overall, I just think it's just a one-off, I think. Every team is due for a, a banana peel. I hope that's all it is. But, I mean, so we can just kind of get into it. Wait, and before just... we do, can we talk about the draw for a second? I mean, this was a <laughs> juicy, juicy group for the United States because not only did we draw England and we'll have to be rooting against some of our own players in that match. We drew Iran. For those of you listening who don't know, I am Iranian. I went to the last World Cup in Russia and, you know, watched all the Iran group stage matches. So I am an Iran fan. So I will be rooting heavily for Iran and USA. And England is like is like I was a, almost my number three team at that point. Yeah. So it's good. <laughs> I was about it's, to ask, like... What, where are your loyalties going to be throughout this whole group stage? I mean, you got the U.S., obviously, Iran, obviously, and then the Chelsea boys at, in England. I mean, only two of those teams can move on, Sam. Okay. It, I'm going to go on record, and I'm going to say I want the United States and Iran to advance. I'm sorry. To all of our England fans out there, well, there goes I'm sorry, the Mason. There the viewership Mount. that we wanted to gain oh, this just... podcast. <laughs> Okay, fine. Iran and England. U.S. <laughs> we can. Oh, that's the other half of our listeners. Damn it. Oh, damn. All right. So we're <laughs> do down I have to just... go? Ag... <laughs> do we're I have to, to go us... against my own country? 
I can't We've lost do all it. our listenership. We're down to you, me, Zach, and our families who listen yeah. out of pity. That's it. <laughs> well, um, but the U.S.-England match will be – I mean, it might be the most viewed match in the in the group stage. Um, yeah. And Apart from the opener, probably. There is a lot of potential for just Chelsea football Twitter madness if somehow Christian Pulisic scores like a game winner. Oh man, this will divide our fans. This will divide our fans for sure, depending on what happens. This is what's going to divide our fans because our fans have been so united this whole hey, time. There's one thing that, that has united our fans and it's no to Ricketts. That is the one Ooh. thing that is the that is united everyone. It what was a the, segue! Should we talk about that before getting into the match? Anything to delay talking about the match, <laughs> but yeah, the Let's two things it. the two things that ever united us was the Super League nonsense and then Ricketts, Notre Ricketts. Those are the two things that united the fan base, but. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about let's 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 talk about that first. Then we'll get into the Brentford recap, just a quick recap, and then we'll talk about the midweek Champions League matchup against Real Madrid. So this is it's looking more and more like the Ricketts family are the leading candidate in this in this uh, fight for Chelsea's ownership, um, and it looks like they've teamed up with what's his name from citadel uh ken griffin ken griffin pretty evil uh and dan gilbert firm dan gilbert the owner of the The cleveland yep wow so marquee marquee ownership groups man yeah and then the the companies that they own also are you know pretty like evil financial like uh, institutions, honestly, in the United States, so not a great. What what does the Ricketts family own? They own something big. I mean, besides the Cubs, and it's a company that they started. I'm sure it's a. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now, but Andreas, do you while I'm looking it up, you want to go through that? Yeah, the yeah. Points? So the, the latest in their massive fix it PR campaign, they released, and this is from the Athletic. Um, they released an eight-point plan. Uh, so I'll just read this snippet. I'm sure you all have seen it now, um, and then we'll react to it. So it goes, as we enter the next phase of the process, we're sharing a list of specific commitments that give fans a pivotal role in protecting Chelsea's heritage and building for future success. We will continue to discuss our ambitions for the club with fans and the wider football community in the coming coming days. We will, number one, make no change to the club's name, badge and crest or Chelsea blue without consent of supporters. Number two, never participate in a European super league and always protect the, the integrity and heritage of Chelsea FC. Number three, commit the resources necessary across all levels of the club to continue winning trophies, including investing in the first team, experienced football leadership and the Academy. Number four, Put diversity and inclusion at the heart of the club and fight against any form of discrimination or inequality. Number five, create an advisory committee with diverse representation to ensure our decisions are informed by a former men's and women's first team player, members of the Chelsea Supporters Trust and Chelsea Pitch Owners, and influential community leaders. 
Number six, explore every option to redevelop Stanford Bridge and do everything in our power to keep playing in this historic stadium. Number seven, make the current commitment to Chelsea FC women, or sorry, match the current commitment to Chelsea FC women and increase the number of women's matches played at the bridge. Number eight, continue the vital charitable work for Chelsea Foundation in seeking to use the power of football and sport to motivate, educate, and inspire. And uh, the article also noted that the Ricketts family will be going back to London yet again uh, to discuss um, like further meetings with the clubs. And I, my understanding is the other bidders will be there as well. But some, like, some of these are just obvious, right? Like, none, some of these points to me are just so why, – why state the clear-cut obvious? Number one – you're not going to change the club's name. Like, that's a given. Number two. No, but they said they said without the consent of supporters. So why, why would they say that? Like, are they thinking about changing the name? They're going like, to be called the Chelsea, the Chelsea Lions because that's how American sports work because we oh, need no. to mention our mascot. No, I mean, that, that one's dumb. Number two, the European Super League, there was literally riots last year. Like, Number three seems like an empty promise talking about resources. Like you're, they're just talking like all of this is just trying to appease fans when at this point there was something that came out this week, like the Chelsea supporters trust, they literally posted 77% of Chelsea fans are against this ownership group. Mm -hmm. There is so much crap. And, and like you said, they might be the leaders. There's so much smoke around the whole situation that i just hope that it's them they're just trying to stay afloat and and meanwhile todd bowley is, is smiling in silence like i really hope that's all this is like do you yeah. do you read any of these and feel slightly better by any means of the ricketts no. ownership and the funny thing is all of the diversity and inclusion stuff they put that in there to make up for their past mistakes you know, like that's the only reason why they care about about that. It's because people are digging up, you know, old things that, you know, John Ricketts or whatever his name is um, emailed and nonsense like that. Uh, apparently. So, by the way, John Ricketts or what is it? Is, is it that's John, dad, right? John Ricketts founded TD Ameritrade. OK, so three financial institutions combined into one uh one bidder <laughs> stock stock like a stock broker uh mortgage loan lenders and uh what was the last one and uh, a venture capital firm like it's pretty it's this, those are some like profit heavy you know they like they care about making money type of type of people um, right and it's which explains why me. they want to redevelop Stanford Bridge. More seats, more money. Yeah, I mean, but is, isn't that something that the fans want as well? Yeah, I, I mean, everybody wants a new stadium. But like, I, from my understanding, recently there's been a lot of like construction limitations. The fans don't want to move away from that uh, yeah. from the ground. Like they don't want to relocate. I, I just think like you're talking about these guys being financial people and like. Obviously, a team that's already is going to have zero net debt, right? Because these guys are going to get a clean slate to come in. Yeah. And on top of that, like their one investment will be the stadium. And from then, they're just going to be racking in the cash. Like, <laughs> I, these eight points to me are just so surface level. Like, 
oh, big, thank you so much for not putting us in the European Super League. We already boycotted. Like, none of this to me. You know, like I saw someone say, oh, thank God they said something about the European Super League because American sports are franchises that never get removed from the league. And it's like, don't make that comparison. Like, that's never going to be allowed. I don't care who the ownership is. I just, I just, I'm so tired of seeing the Ricketts be in the he- headlines and they hate their friends with Bruce Buck and blah, blah, blah. And I think even Thomas Tuchel was asked about it and, and he was just upfront on honest, like, they have to pay the piper. You have to live with what you said and done and that's what's going on. So 77% fans already stated they don't want him. Tuchel is not even pulling like defending them by any means it's just what's it going to take for the rain group to just dismiss them at this point they made it to the final four yeah i mean it's just it makes you think like what 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 are the rain group what is the rain group's interest in this like what do they value as uh, a good bid as a good bidder um and this nonsense about bruce buck as well Right? Wasn't he like feeding them inside information, like arranging he, them meetings? Like, yes, yes, he arranged the meeting between the Ricketts family and and Canaville, so the, the Chelsea's first ever black mm-hmm. player to address the the racism comments and and the Islamophobic comments to try to get him on their side. And then there was false reports that that Canners was saying that, oh, yeah, I'm all about the Ricketts family now, and <laughs> he immediately shut that down. So, yeah, I I hate that these guys got to this point. I, I don't see how they're still relevant, and you're right. It just makes me question the integrity of the people that are in charge of making this decision. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I feel like every time we have an update, it's not – it's not really anything different than the last time. It's a very slow process, and I just hope this gets resolved before the end of the season because we've got a lot of moves we got to make this offseason. Um, yeah. Specifically, uh, two forwards that uh, I, I can think of right now <laughs> that we need to sell off, and the longer we wait, the more their value drops. Um, but... Yeah, all right. Let's let's talk about this Brentford match now. Unfortunately, yeah, I I think the way we're gonna do this instead of breaking down what happened like we normally do, um, we're gonna go through. We got a lot of Twitter questions. We're gonna go through the questions and uh, kind of give our our take on what was asked. So this first one, this one's from Nick Lenardson uh, at Nick Lenardson. Uh, rep ultra extraordinaire he says this must be the worst performance of the season and then uh he also added a different tweet was this an international break hangover andreas what do you think yeah i'm not too i can't say i'm too concerned about this performance i think uh i mean it was an international break and those are always tough I know for a fact that Mendy, Rudiger, or sorry, Mendy and Silva for sure had late comebacks to the to the team. Uh, I just think we never perform well after this specific international break. 
And Brentford, to to be fair to them, they just had a good game plan on on their side. I think they they're a solid promoted team, and they just wanted it more than we did today. But I agree with Leonardson. This is obviously the the worst match so far this season. But I am gonna just hash it out to international break hangover. And it seemed like we were in control of the match um, up until that, you know, three goals in 10-minute stretch. And then the game really got out of hand after that. It was... I, I really don't know what to make of that, that that stretch, but it definitely decided the match. I mean, we're up 1-0 and, you know, like just controlling the match. We're creating chances. Hakeem Ziyech looked really good. Um, you know, out of, out of our front three, he was creating a lot of chances, had a lot of nice shots on target. Then all of a sudden, th- we let in three goals in a span of 10 minutes. Uh, Ridiculous. It's like, it's like I blinked and we <laughs> we were down 3-1 after being up 1-0. Uh, but I mean, the international break hangover thing, like you look at Man City, Liverpool, those guys didn't have any... <laughs> Anything yeah. go over. And I mean, those guys I, obviously have more to fight for at this point because it's right. the, the, all of a sudden the league, like the battle for the league is alive again. We're fighting for top four uh, and, you know, we're still in a good position. But Arsenal, uh, they have a game in hand on us, only five points behind. They play against Crystal Palace tomorrow. So we're all, we're all big Crystal Palace supporters tomorrow for sure I mean, we're, big, i'm pulling out the chelsea match. third kit i'm pulling out the chelsea third kit from last year uh, to support <laughs> support crystal palace um i i i guess that international hangover maybe i meant like it's just you look at the 11 we chose right for one we played a 4-3-3 which isn't normal this season and and it wasn't just the fact that we switched to a 4-3-3 but it was a 4-3-3 that included Alonso at left back, which is already a nightmare. Loftus Cheek has his six, which is not his forte. And then Timo Werner, who is like a negative on the field, like we're down a man at left wing. So usually that's Pulisic, Jorginho, and I mean, if Reese James was fully fit, then maybe Aspie as a left back or, or Malang Sar, which mm-hmm. again, Malang Sar is not the greatest, but he'll be better than Alonso as a left back. Alonso left back versus Alonso left wing back is, is night and day. So that's what I, I kind of mean by international hangover. Certain selections were made because of the international break. And, I mean, come Madrid, you're not going to see Alonso or Loftus-Cheek on the pitch. So that's why I guess I'm trying to just think one-off, less talking about this game, the better, because I don't want to get into my head about what you said about Arsenal. Well, I'll jump – I'll, I'll... race. I'll jump ahead um, to uh, this question from Nate Ward at Nate Ward. He said, on a scale of J5 taking a PK to JT taking one in the rain, (laughs) how concerned should we be for Wednesday? Do you chalk this up to a bad day at the office? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while kind of thing? Or is today's performance a cause for major concern? Um, And then I guess Ron had a similar question. Actually, no, I'll save that. Um, um, so I think it's a mix of a few things. So I, I think this is more 
<laughs> this performance, I, the, I love how he phrased the JT taking one in the rain. But to chalk it up, it I is. think it was a bad day at the office. Plus, Sheffield came with a game plan and they and it worked. They were patient. We had 70% possession. They didn't let that bug them. Now, today's performance to me in terms of a major concern just goes back to like squad building. The major concern that if Pulisic or Cho is not at left wing, you have to have a Timo Werner who has not been in any sort of form this season. The fact that Chilwell's been out and we're still having to play Alonso as a natural left back is an issue. Like those are the concerns that I have uh, when watching this sort of match. We we were contenders when our best eleven were healthy. And, and perhaps next year, now that the five sub rule is, is going to be into to effect, it'll be better because these subs who are lesser uh, quality players in our starting 11 will get more minutes. But that's the one major concern. I, I don't think it's a concern in terms of what our, where our season is going. I just think for the people that make decisions on who is part of the 22-man squad, that should be concerning come the summer. Th- does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's it shouldn't be indicative of 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 this full like the team fully healthy at least. And honestly, it's not indicative of this what this team has looked like in the past month because we have looked good, and you know we we have been playing people out of position and still getting results. It was it. it I think that. It was a one-off performance. Bad day at the office. We shouldn't read too much into it. it I mean, of course, I understand the the you know the propensity to kind of read more into it than than you should just because of how bad it was. But at the end of the day, this this match might not really mean too much. I mean, crossing our fingers again that Arsenal doesn't catch up. I mean, even if Arsenal passes us, like, as much as I would hate that to happen, you know, the next team behind us is Tottenham, who are five points behind uh, behind us. We have a game in hand on them. So the battle for top four is, you know, we're, we're in a good spot. And, you know, the difference between three and four doesn't really mean much. Except in this case, when it's against your, you know, bitter rival, and you don't want to give up that spot, especially considering in the beginning of the season we were cracking jokes about Arsenal getting relegated. When, <laughs> and if they finish on top of us, sheesh, that would be bad. Um, all right, this is a good one. This is a funny one. Uh, this is from the Dork Knight at Black Emoji. He said, "My brothers in Christ, yay of the Redacted Empire Pod." That's a good one. I think I think that might be our next name. Did the defenders put down their tools today to get the club to give up on renewing their contracts? <laughs> kind of a Whoa. false false flag uh, operation. Oh, like, oh, maybe they're maybe they're washed after all. We we shouldn't worry about extending Rudiger, um, right? <laughs> the guy, the one guy that scored today. I mean. In terms of defenders, I hope that means that they'll take any sort of cash offer for Alonso. That's that's how I see it. Um, there there was also the news this week. We didn't talk about it. Aspie, uh, we were able to trigger the, the Aspie extension. It's not technically a new contract, but there was a clause that said if he played a certain amount of games, 
we could extend him for a year automatically. Uh, so that's kind of like a nice little backup in case we're in this ownership uh, limbo for too long. But I mean, <laughs> I don't think Rudiger is, is, is trying to actively leave. Otherwise, he would have already signed a contract elsewhere. Yeah, and he also uh, wouldn't have scored. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the Chelsea bingo finally struck, man. That The long-distance shot finally went in for him. But uh, they were just bad. I mean, it's a bad day. I, I, it's a funny way of thinking about it that, yes, the back four outside of Thiago Silva are, are players that are either were trying to push out the door or had a foot out the door because of their contract situation. But, mm-hmm. yeah, not the best day for our defense. Speaking of Thiago Silva, we got a Twitter question from Nate Ward. He said, can we take a few minutes to acknowledge how lucky we are that we have Thiago Silva in blue? Here's to the days that bring us strength and experience. Bring on Real Madrid. And he uh, included a screenshot of Thiago Silva's tweet. He said, good days make you happy, but bad days bring you experience. Both are essential for life. Happiness makes you good, but troubles make you strong. Pain keeps you human. Falls keep you humble. Success keeps you bright, but only one God, or only God keeps you standing. That's a quote from Denzel Washington. A <laughs> I did not, ex- I did not expect that. Another. Yeah, Denzel's just full of, full of quotes. Wisdom. I mean, he, did, did you, you know, he gave... Did you hear that Will Smith speech uh, after he won his award? He even said, "Will like Denzel gave him a little bit of a." Uh, or wait, or was this the same quote? No. No, it wasn't. Okay, <laughs> so I, I'm hoping Tiago Silva didn't not. use Will Smith's quote of Denzel Washington in his tweet. He said, "We keep going," um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it wasn't his best match either. I'll be honest, but to have a guy like that in your locker room really helps the team in bouncing back from this. So it does give me a little bit more hope going into the Real Madrid match, right? Yeah, I mean, it, the fact that he can find not perhaps not a silver lining performance wise, but one mentally that you need a guy like that to keep the the ship steady when you got rocked the way we did in in that match. So. We're blessed. And, and on top of that, it's not just Tiago Silva. It's also Belle Silva, his wife. I don't know if you, you guys saw this, but she found <laughs> gate match ends. She's still in the in the family suite at the bridge where the wives and families watch. And I guess they had on the TV the post-match commentators. And she just went in on them. Like they all like broke down Tiago Silva's performance and how bad it was. And she just went off like you guys are going to talk crap about a 37 year old who just 24 hours ago flew back from Brazil where he was a starter for the best team in South America. And he is their starting defender there. And he's been here in such a short time and already done so much. Guys, find yourself a wife like that. We're also very lucky to have Bill Silva in our sidelines. Okay, let's go on to the next question. Another one from Nate Ward. He said, fourth straight match, our record-setting 200,000-pound-a-week striker starts on the bench. I think Will... it's more than that, by the way. Probably. Yeah, th- yeah, I think it is more. 
Like two fifty or more than that? More. Like, I, think I think he's our highest 300. earner. I think I think he's up there with Conte. <laughs> Will Lukaku find his form and live up to the hype, or is this a quote one and done thing? Hashtag Rep Ultra. That 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 was one of the players that I was alluding to earlier uh, of someone that we need to sell. Apparently, this was his fiftieth appearance for the club. Um. <sighs> And I don't know what it, how many appearances he's had. This is he gonna season. make a, Is he gonna make it to 100? Some? Hell no! I, I mean, I <laughs> hope not. I really hope not. It, it's. Uh, I mean, we ha- we say this every week, but it's gotta be our worst buy ever. It has to be. I mean, okay. it, the, there's no there's no bouncing there's no coming back from this for Lukaku. I, I think. Yeah. In terms of the whole one and done thing, I think. We, do, we will have new ownership, so there's probably going to be new transfer strategy, but putting all your money into one basket and, and paying over $100 million for a player, I think that, that that's going to be a one-and-done thing. I don't see this club going down that route again for various reasons, Lukaku, the Lukaku experiment being one of them, but also the fact that we have a fantastic academy, the fact that when you give a player that big contract, it's almost like it happens a lot in American sports. Uh, you give in the NFL a 2000 yard running back, a big contract, and then they suddenly don't play as hard. I, I don't know the psychology behind that, but you get someone for, I, I hate to keep using Liverpool as example of this business, but they got Luis Diaz for pennies and the dude is a baller and he's competing with Mane for a starting 11 spot. Like that's the kind of player you want to come one that's going to, keep growing and, and keep trying to improve not a guy that is gonna sulk when those things go don't go his way or start talking poorly about the champions league winning manager because we didn't blow up our tactics for his own benefit like i think lukaku taught the club a lesson into what happens when you put in all the money into just one player without doing your research at least I mean, I'm sure they did their research. I mean, Lukaku coming into the year was one of the top strikers in the world. And it, it's still, I still don't understand how we are where we are now with this situation. It, I mean, if he didn't want to come, he shouldn't have. But then again, money talks, so... Yeah, I don't know. It there was I in my opinion, I don't think that there was this was not this was completely unforeseeable. I really don't blame the front office uh, and the board for for making this move because we needed a striker desperately. Mm-hmm. We went out, we bought one of the best in the world, a guy who claimed to have love for the club and wanted to come back and was heartbroken by you know, the failed transfer back when he went to United. You know, like, it's impossible to really get inside his head and know the truth. You know, it's it, it was just, there was nothing different. I mean, there was nothing they could do to, to change the situation. I don't think it was a bad transfer at the time. I mean, obviously, we were all so excited for it. We thought it was going to change our season completely. Turns out it did for the worse, but I mean the other player that 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 you know rumors are talking about offloading the summer 
uh, besides Lukaku, Timo Werner, possibly going back to the Bundesliga. Uh, I mean, I think I've seen enough at this point. Yeah. He, you know, the quotes that he made after the the, the, uh, the Germany match, the Germany match against Israel, where you know he ended up scoring a goal. And he said something about, like, not getting enough chances at Chelsea. I mean, that's utter nonsense, man. You get more than enough chances, but you bottle every single one. You really... I don't know. It's it's just... He just doesn't... He's not meant for the Premier League. And yeah, I mean, I've always... I'm sorry, to, but I had one last thing. I've, I've always kind of brushed aside that whole notion of oh, he won't make it in the Premier League kind of thing. But mm-hmm. with with Timo Werner, you know that's true. There are certain players that just cannot play in the Premier League, and he's one of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's the thing that bugged me specifically about that quote. He scores against Israel, and, and if you watch the match, the ball was already going to go in. He nicked it. Yeah, he redirected of, it pretty much. Yeah, off of free a Gundogan free kick, I believe. Yeah. And here's the thing. He's talking about Israel as if he can compare that to Premier League teams. Here's the thing. I have Israel's squad pulled up. There is zero players that play in the Premier League in the Israel national team. There yeah, is Zahavi's their best player, right? That guy? Yeah, and he plays in, in uh, the Netherlands. Yeah. So, so they, they have one player that plays for Hoffenheim and one player that plays in Venezia. So they have oh. two players in the top five leagues in in Europe. And Venezia is probably going to get relegated. And is Hoffenheim doing? I'm I, I'm sure Hoffenheim is not doing too hot. So so again, if he were saying this after oh, being the highest scorer of the Euros, maybe I would take that comment. But yeah, I think I think that like you mentioned, it his skill set doesn't fit the Premier League. And it's not it's not something he can if he hasn't figured out in two seasons, like someone like High Havertz has, I don't see a third season making it any better. His touch hasn't gotten any better. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's it's awful. His pace, which is why we were so excited initially, it just turns out that the Bundesliga just doesn't have as much pace because he doesn't look lightning speed in the Premier League. He just doesn't. And so you know, these are the two guys, and 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 Bart's question wasn't about Timo, but the reason why these rumors are coming up is Madrid. Well, Madrid is about to sign Mbappe. We know this, and, and Holland, <laughs> and potentially Holland. Right? There's no secret that Holland is going to move from Dortmund as well. So the Werner to Dortmund makes perfect sense. He's German. They'll need a striker. He has had success in that league. They play very attacking very direct football. And then the one that's kind of crazy, but like would make sense because they have the money and they just throw money to see what sticks is potentially Lukaku replacing Mbappe at the PSG, which is funny to just consider that, but he'll score 60 goals in in Liga on. (laughs) Yeah. And then people are going to immediately be like, Oh, we should have kept him. Like sometimes (laughs) things just don't work. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you Lukaku is not good. But I can tell you that Lukaku at Chelsea isn't good for either. 
So right. it's it's not good for for either parties. You're right. Yeah, and I can and I can be okay with that. Like it's okay. It's okay that it didn't work out. You know. Yeah. It's like it's like a, it's like dating a girl in high school. It's not that the so girl yeah, was crappy. It's just that it didn't work out. If you paid a hundred million pounds for her, maybe that's that's a good comparison. But that's a very archaic way of looking at dating. <laughs> hey, maybe you went out to dinner and it cost you a hundred million pounds. You know, or you bought a house know. or like a giant mansion. I don't even know what cost a hundred million pounds nowadays. Uh, so let's go on to the next question. This one is another one from Nick Lenartson. He says, "Curious to know if you have." anything positive from this match uh, for me the one positive is that I didn't have to wake up at 4am for this match I only had to wake up at 7 7am 7 on a Saturday to watch this so at least uh, I didn't have to wake up at 4 to watch this that's the only positive I have my positive is, is Rudiger's goal and celebration he's such a madman and He's been trying that shot for like a season and a half now. And for it to finally go in, I was pretty excited about that. Unluckily for all of us watching, that happiness lasted maybe like a minute or two more. But hey, he got his goal. And that that celebration gives me, again, going back to the whole dark black emoji thing, he wants to stay. Nothing about his psyche and how he's handled his time makes me believe that he's actively trying to leave. Yeah, uh, I'm happy for him as well for that. Uh, let's go on to our last question, and this kind of leads into the Real Madrid preview. He said, uh, "This one is from Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme." He said, "Are we worried this is the form that will bring against Real, or will this team bring the form that won us the cup last year?" So. Something that I, I saw all across Twitter, exactly a year to the day, West Brom scored five on us at Stamford Bridge, coming out, out out of this international break. And Andres, can you remind the listeners what ended up happening uh, in in the champ in our Champions League campaign? We won, we won, just and as I did, predicted. And who did we beat on the way? Madrid. On the, in this, in this, was it in the same round too? No, I think that was the semis. Oh, okay, okay, that's right, that's right. Still, yeah, I mean, it just history tends to repeat itself, doesn't it? I, <laughs> apart from all the coincidence, which has led to a Champions League last season as well, I, I've been preaching this over and over again. This is a cup team. This current Chelsea squad is built to win elimination trophies and they rise to the occasion when their backs are against the wall so to me i'm gonna just scratch the the match away i'm not even gonna use it as context of of what's to come this midweek i'm not saying madrid are are a slouch of a team i just firmly believe that you're gonna see first off the strongest 11 we can put out which is not going to include a timo Werner. it is not going to include a marcos alonso and as awful as I feel saying this, it's not going to include a Loftus Cheek. And it will. It has to include someone like Mateo Kovacic. It has to include. Uh, Angolo Conte or Jorginho. Conte or Jorginho, but, but Kai has to start up front. You have to have one of at least yeah. Polisic and Ziyech who have been playing well wide. 
you have to hopefully by then have a healthy Reese James. Like that's the kind of side we're going to be seeing. And, and that's totally different. And it gives such a different level of, of effort and energy into a Champions League night. Don't so, feel don't feel bad, Andreas, about saying no Ruben Loftus cheek. Okay, like we're we are past that point. We, yeah, we fair know enough. what our best midfield is, and it does not include Ruben Loftus cheek. He would agree with that statement. Ruben Loftus cheek would gladly agree with that statement, and I don't think there's a single Chelsea <laughs> fan out there who disagrees. Um, so Real Madrid right now are uh, on pace to uh, win La Liga. It looks like they are sitting on top of the table with 69 points. Nice. With uh, Barcelona, <laughs> Atletico, and Sevilla all sitting behind him, uh, on an, behind them on an even 57 points each. Um, with Barcelona with a game in hand. But still, it's, it's a sizable gap. Um, they did, you know, their last two matches... Uh, obviously there was the beatdown against Barcelona, um, a very, very disheartening, uh, loss in, in, in El Clasico, uh, that they will never forget. And last week or yesterday, or was that today? It was today, actually, uh, against Celta Vigo, they, they won 2-1, but they were awarded three penalties. They converted on two of the three. And yep. that's the only reason why they won, because of penalties. So maybe we are catching them at the right time. And they're probably thinking the same thing after looking at our score <laughs> against Brentford. But uh, it, it might be great timing for us as well uh, for this match. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I hope that's the case. I think watching those two matches, as well as p- probably the first PSG match, there are weaknesses to this Madrid side. Uh, They didn't react well to the high press of of PSG in the first match. Uh, The way Barcelona was attacking the the width and and really just, it seems like Madrid is very weak at the fullback position. And that's where I think we'll need to focus. And luckily our formation and our tactics like to operate wide. But at the end of the day, it's still Madrid. And and just like Chelsea has a, a way of, of winning when we're awful in, in tournaments, Madrid still shows up for the big occasions. I think Benzema is still probably the most clutch player in, in world football at the moment. And so just like us, I think Madrid, the performance against Celta Vigo won't really tell us much about what to expect Wednesday. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough match. I think Benzema, the fact that he played and is healthy, is is not something that we can take lightly. Um, the one thing that I'm very thankful for is the fact that Vinicius's early season form has finally gone down a bit. So it is right now kind of just the Benzema show. Um, had it been when Vinicius was also at his best, I'd be a little bit more scared. Did you look up their injury report? And obviously Eden Hazard is out, so yeah. we're not going to get the benefit of uh, a sleeper agent on their side <laughs> and him coming over and giving everyone a high five after the match. But they, They're pretty healthy. I mean, Jovic doesn't play. He's out 
until late yeah, April. Yeah, and Isco, Isco's been slowly phased out of this side. He's He's got a back injury. He'll be out for a few weeks. So, I mean, we'll probably see a, a Madrid that includes Vinicius, Benzema, the usual midfield three of Kroos, Casemiro, Modric. The back mm-hmm. line is the one that I'm kind of curious to see because Carvajal hasn't been good. Lucas Vasquez hasn't been great. Even Furlan Mendy in recent like matches hasn't been fantastic. So it, it's really curious to see who's going to be lined up in the back four for them. Yeah, and when we talk about Chelsea's front three, do you expect to see Christian Pulisic? Or, or first of all, do you expect us to run uh, like a th- obviously a back three? Mm-hmm. But do you think it'll be a three-five-two or a three-four-three? I think it's back to the three-four-three. Okay, I, so. I really think so. If and the one position that I'm kind of curious to see what we'll do, Kai Havertz will be in the middle, but then you'll have to pick two of three players to go around him, and it'll either be Pulisic and Ziyech, or or Mount and Ziyech. I I don't know. Or Pulisic and Mount. Or Pulisic and Mount, right? Like it's going to be a combination of those guys, and that's the one kind of position where I really don't know what to expect. I I don't know who Tuchel will will trust in that match. I think Pulisic. That's tough because I I think I'd go Pulisic and Mount. I think that combination gives you better pressing. I think they did really well against Madrid last time around. Ziyech having those those couple of knocks before this international break kind of made his form slow down. He says he's really healthy, so maybe it'll be Mount and Ziyech. I, I just really don't know right now. I, all I know is Kai is going to be the middle of that front three. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget that uh, Pulisic to Mount uh, link up when he – I forgot what he did. He did a fake shot on the, on the side, like on the base, on goal line, and like – pretty much like just baited Courtois into something and then gave it to him, gave it to Mount to finish. Uh, but that was a great moment. And that's why I asked about the front three, because I want to see them. But I think Ziyech, you know, this last match, it was, he was by far our best player uh, in the front three, at least. And, you know, he, he does typically have success in European matches, I feel like. True, true. But so does Christian Pulisic. It might be Mason Mount being the odd man out. Odd man out. He did. He wasn't... I I don't know if he was fantastic midweek. Also, to add on the Ziyech thing, Ziyech at Ajax, when they they had that magical run, he also was really good against Madrid then. And and the, the crazy thing about that is that that team... Literally, you swap Alaba. The two center backs are the only difference in the in in the Madrid teams then and now. So, yeah, yeah, they didn't, they mean, didn't have uh, Sergio Ramos then either. So they're just adding. Oh, okay. They're adding uh, Alaba pretty much. Right. So it's it's was. gonna be a great game. I mean, I'm I'm really excited. I obviously hope we win and play well. I really think we can do it. I think it's going to be – I think this is the best matchup in this round of, of Champions League games. Mm-hmm. I mean, the odds the, – where are the odds on favorites? We're plus 110. They're plus 260 to win it from what I'm looking at right now. 
Uh, obviously, we're playing at home, so that has a little bit to do with it. And um, hopefully our fans show up better than they did against Brentford. I know it's Champions League and it's a different vibe. Wait, I'm hoping... How, how is that working? Like, I, I, I thought, like, there was something about oh, European... So I think tickets. that changed. I, I think... I think that changed after that initial thing because the the Premier League, the FA in, in, in England allowed Chelsea to start selling tickets again. So I believe we're allowed to have tickets and, and fans at the stadium once more. I believe that the money just can't go back to Chelsea. Like they can sell tickets. It's just we don't get any funds. What Where I'm, do they go? <laughs> Wafa. They get, the richer get richer. That's the rich fine. get richer or whatever. That's fine. But I, I, I just hope the fans come out with some energy. I really hope that the lack of noise and lack of home field this weekend is is just from the distractions of the whole no to Ricketts protest. So, yeah, I, we need an atmosphere because Madrid is is a solid team and it is a Champions League night and and having the stadium with you can be such a momentum shifter. Like if we get an early goal and the stadium is rocking, like we can really capitalize in this first leg. So prediction. I'm going, I'm, it's going to sound so cocky, but I'm going 2-0 Chelsea. Really? Yeah. It's going to be an ugly 2-0 though, like an early goal and then a super late goal. I think 1-1 draw. Ooh, okay. And that would not be a good result for us. Like, we, I think we need this win. Going back to the Bernabeu with a, with a draw would not be the best situation for us. Mm-hmm. I think. I want to believe you're right, but this, I don't know, man, this past week really just (laughs) left a bad taste in my mouth. But I, again, like we look completely different in champions league. So who knows? Who knows? I really have a tough time predicting this. (laughs) Well, I think, uh, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for everyone who stayed around. Uh, it's it's a, there's a very high chance, but this is our last episode as the Romans Empire podcast. So uh, to those of you who you know stuck around and were with us from the beginning, uh, I know that the name probably uh, you have an attachment to the name. I know I do. Uh, and because I was the one who thought of it, by the way, not Zach. I was the one who thought of it. <laughs> I thought it was very clever. And it sucks moving on, but I do like our new new name a lot. I think it might be better than what we current have currently have anyway. Shout out to the Rep Ultras. Uh, you will get a name change as well. Uh, there won't be. There will no longer be Rep. Um, but. We'll see. It's it's we're we're working on getting uh, the rebranding going. It's going a little bit slower than we thought, but uh, if if this isn't our last episode of Roman's Empire, I'll save the I'll, you know the speech for next time as well. But thanks to everyone for listening, and keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>